be talking tonight about um, teamwork. And um, this whole thing has been, well, because we're, we're going to be doing the AGM um, directly after we're done this. And um, uh, the whole flow of this is, is all about teamwork and how teamwork will make the dream work. So uh, turn in your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 1 to 2. I'm going to read it into you, uh, read that to you in the New Living Translation. Woo! <laughs> yeah, hit me up, Marie. Come on now. Woohoo! Listen to this. I don't, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. For I know how eager you are to help. And we can say for the believers here at New Covenant Ministries, we know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you and Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. And here's, here's, here's where we are. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. See, your enthusiasm and your willingness to give when it's time to give, and even when it's not time to give, you guys just are just a bunch of givers. You can't help yourself. And what that does, it's, it stirs up everybody else. It stirs up people that go to other different churches saying, wow, look at you guys. We should try that here. Yeah, amen. All right, let's jump down to verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Imagine a harvest of generosity. A harvest of generosity. You know, we're talking about seed time, harvest time. How about a harvest of generosity? Just being generous all the time. Just Helping yourself to being generous. Verse 11. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. He's going to enrich you so you can be generous. Right? And, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. See, this is all about teamwork. Who's bringing it? The team is bringing it to the people. So two, thing, two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The, number one, the needs of the believers will be met. It says in Jerusalem, we're going to say, hey, the needs of the believers will be met. They will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, as a result of your generosity, as a result of what you do, amen, they will, be, they will give glory to God. Your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ, the anointed one. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace of God that has been given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. Isn't that something? See, when we sow, we sow because we're generous. We're not sowing because... Um, you know, somebody's begging you for money or won't you help us, won't you help us? No, no, no. It's just what we do. God so loved, he gave. We so love, we give. Come on, we're the image of, we're in the exact image of our father. As he does, so do we. He gives. It's just what we do. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sow. Thank you for your, your generosity in our lives, Lord, that you've generously blessed us so that we can sow. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, for a hundredfold. For the people that are sowing online, thank you, Lord, that absolutely everything that they're believing you for, we come into agreement and we say yes. We say yes. 
Amen. So be it in their lives today in Jesus' name. Congregation said, amen. Woohoo! Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Justin. Just in time. He's always just in time. Just because he's all that. So again, we're going to be talking about teamwork. And um, I haven't preached something like this in a long time. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, just because you, you start thinking AGM and you start going over the year and you're, and you're thinking, man, all the things that have happened and that brought us up to where we are right now. Um, <clears throat> so I looked up teamwork in the dictionary and it says it's the collaborative effort of a group to achieve a common goal or to complete a task in the most effective and efficient way. Effective and efficient. It sounds like us. Teamwork involves people working in a group or a team to accomplish a given task. That's what the church is all about. A cooperative effort between two team members, uh, excuse me, a cooperative effort uh, between team members to achieve a preset course or direction. We have been set on a preset course and a preset direction from the Lord, through Pastor Gary, through us, right? There, there are things that he's done. The, the, years ago, we talked about the funnel of unsuccess. And of the funnel of unsuccess is like, there, imagine a funnel like this, and coming down into the funnel is all of God's mandates, that all the things that he's desired for you to do. And at the bottom of the funnel, the neck is really thin, which means the mandates are trickling out. But the, the thicker we make that neck because of the teamwork, because of everybody stepping up, the neck gets wider, so, which means more mandates get done. More things happen. And, and it's like, um, you know, baseball or, or even, fo- you know, football. Um, each player on that team has a, uh, a function or a responsibility. And when they do what they're called to do, the best, they're called, the best that they can do that's why, um, you know, what do they say? Individually strong and corporately motivated? That's what we are. We make sure that we're individually strong, and, and that way we can move together corporately. And when each one does a job they're called or appointed to do, um, and the way has been rehearsed and practiced, there is a sense of accomplishment of a job well done. Isn't it? Come on. We, like, we watched, remember the grand opening um, years, like our first one, when we, when we moved into 110, and all of the stuff that had to go on to get that place ready, and because everybody came together as one when we had our grand opening, I mean, it was grand. It was grand. And the sense of accomplishment and, and the sense of feeling that we had after that, it was just like, you know what? Well done. Give yourself a self-high five. Come on. I mean, back then, our, our, our ushers were in tuxes. Woo! Yeah. Because I remember that. I remember going up to Rick and saying, Rick, man, you look good in a tux. And he's still ushering today. There's something to be said about being faithful. Amen. Justin was in a tux. A lot of people were in tuxes. It was pretty cool. Cyril. You, you were in taxes afterwards. Oh, yeah, 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 man. You, it didn't take you long to jump on the train, the tuxedo train. Amen. 
<laughs> so each person and each position is important and it's vital for the team to move forward. Each thing that you do is so vital for this church to move forward. There is no small pieces. There's no small parts. Every part is very important. And it's the same with us as a church and we need each other. We do. We need each other so much. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, please. I'm going to be reading a lot out of the Passion Translation just because um, the way that they talk about it and the way that they bring things forth, um, you're going to see team, teamwork all through this. And, and I, I just want to, um, most of you, most of you uh, it's like I'm having an uh, operations meeting right here because most of you are already um, involved. But for those of you that are listening that are not involved, I, my prayer is that this will stir you up to becoming involved. Amen? Amen? Remember grace of Pastor Paul? Let's not forget that, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you don't, well, just get the tape. <laughs> two Sundays ago. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And this is out of the Passion Translation. On the day of that on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all of the disciples were gathered in one place. And I, and I looked up disciple. They talk about a personal follower of Jesus during his life or a learner. A learner. And, and you, you know, you, you could take that. Um, that's what we do. We're learners. Right? We're, we could call ourselves disciples, but we're also learners. And in John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to those uh, those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. Oh, you are my learners, right? You are my learned ones. And he said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know, the truth that you apply, the truth that you do shall make you free, right? It's, it's, it's not just the truth that you know, because you're going to know it, but there needs to be application in order to be free. Because, you know, you can have all kinds of head knowledge, but if, you're, if your heart's not in it, say la. Acts 2.2. 2. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house. And from out of the heavenly realm, the roar, the roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, and it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Verse 4. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. See, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, there is an equipping that is going to come alongside you. There's going to be equipping that comes inside you in order to, for you to do what God has called you to do. Now, God has called you to do the impossible because if he, could call, if he called you to do what you can do, then... <laughs> right? But it says they were all, all of them filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. And I got this. For them, it was languages, but for us, it could be areas of ministry we've never learned or ever worked in before. Because when you step out like that, there's an equipping that's ready to meet you as you step. But if you don't step, there's not going to be an equipping that's going to be there for you. And then you're going to be sitting back going, why, God, aren't you going to use me? Well, step up so you can be equipped. That's the deal. Uh, let's jump down to verse 37. The crowd, it says the crowds respond to Peter's words. And Peter, because Peter just, he laid it on them. 
Peter laid it on. And I mean, Peter was an unlearned man, they said. But they could tell that he, <laughs> he walked with Jesus. So he might have been unlearned, but he was a learner. He was a learner. Verse 37, when they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Peter replied, uh, repent and return to God. Each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, your families, and for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. He's called everybody. Verse 40, Peter preached to them and warned them with these words. Be rescued from this wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day were numbered 3,000 people. They were all baptized and added to the church. So my question to you is, who looked after the people? There was 3,000 people that showed up. Okay, hey, if there's like 30 people that just, that just showed up now, who's looking after them? 3,000 people. Who looked after the church? Who cleaned the church? Who did the upkeep on the church? Who were the associates? Who were the greeters? Who were the ushers, teachers? Who did the helps ministry stuff? Think about it. 3,000 people. And these people are just raw, and, they, and they're wounded. They just turned. It says repent, which means turn. So they just turned. It's like, so what? And they ask the question, what do we do? There's people that, come, that are going to be coming into this church and say, what can I do? What can I do? And if we're just sitting there in our pews and not doing nothing ourselves, well, what are you going to tell them? Well, just do what I do. Just sit here and do nothing. No, no. But see, I'm talking to the, this here, these are the operations people. And it's like, okay, so each one reach one. Each one teach one. And duplicate yourself. I'm preaching to me too. I need to duplicate myself. Because there's things that I'm called to do. That, that with all the stuff that I'm doing, I can't. And I won't. But I will. <laughs> I'm actively looking. I'm actively searching. And so should you be. Actively looking. Actively searching. Saying, okay, who can I pull alongside? Who's going to look good in a tux? That's all I had to say to Rick. I didn't ask him he wanted to be an usher. I said, man, you look good. You look some good in a tux. And he still does. He's got that look, right? Styling. Profiling. And nose, look at her beaming. That's my man. <laughs> Come on now. Woo! Somebody's got to look after the church. Right? We're going to jump down to verse 42. They talk about the community. I love this. The title of this. The community of believers. Because we're, we're called to be in a community. We're called to this community. But inside of this community of Dartmouth, where we are right now, there's this community of New Covenant Ministries as well. And we need to nurture this community, what we, what we have here. Because what we have is very special. Ever since I started coming to this church, people have been saying the same thing. There's so much love here. I can feel the love when I come in. Right? And, and so, like, and that's, that's not just happenstance. It's, it's 
Because you, you, you are it. You are the carriers of that love, and you just let it flow through. It's so cool. Verse 42, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked one to, uh, to one another, sharing communion, which is common union, coming together regularly for prayer. A deep, a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44, all of the believers were in fellowship as one body. They shared with one another whatever they had. We do that here. And verse 45, out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute, uh, to distribute the proceeds to those who are in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They just enjoyed one another. They shared meals together. Oh, can't wait. Glory to God. With joyful hearts and tender humility, they were continually filled with praises to God. Okay, they were continually filled with praises to God. Why? Because they were getting together all the time. Right? They were community. Enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily. Oh, who's coming today? Who's, oh, you're new. Let me show you around. Huh, we need some help in this area. Let me guide you over to here. Because these people, here, they, I, I, you, I sent something on you that you like to, ah, oh, huh, huh. You like to help people. You like kids. Oh, you should go into children's ministry. Let me introduce you to somebody. And I've said this before. Whatever it is that aggravates you the most is what God has called you to correct. Whatever aggravates you the most is what God's called you to correct. Man, look at that carpet. Every time I come in here, that carpet is some daddy. Not dirty, daddy. It's daddy. Does that aggravate you? I got two words. Oh, Henry. It's a Henry vacuum cleaner. You'll, you'll get this. Man, them kids are running around all over the place. Oh, aggravates me. Oh, does that aggravate you? I do believe you're called the children's ministry because you got, you got something that they need. And they got something that you need. See, it's two, it goes two ways. It does go two ways. So they were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord kept adding to the number daily those who were coming to life, beginning to have community, love and respect for one another. And so there had to be a team involved in order to accommodate all of these people. And how do you grow people? Well, three things. Serve, teach, and deploy. Four, get your hands off it. Don't micromanage people. Pet peeve, don't micromanage me. People are going to make mistakes. Let them make their mistakes. That's how you learn. But if you serve people, teach people, deploy them, let them do it so they, so they can take ownership. If you take ownership of what you're called to do, you're going to show up every Sunday because... 
you're needed. This is your department. It's yours. You're going to show up on Thursday because it's yours. It's your department. You're needed there. If you don't show up, it's not going to get done. That's your attitude. And it's just like, hey, you know what? If it's going to be, it's going to be me. Right? So um, we're going to jump down to verse 29 because when there's a situation and the community got together, see, when the community gets together for a situation, whether it's good or whether it's bad, they get together. Teamwork required. Verse 29, because there was a situation where, where <laughs> come on, they're under some heavy-duty pressure. And so their prayer was, so now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. You hear what they're saying? That's what they're saying. You hear this? But look at this. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us. Stretch out your hand of power through us, through you. God is going to stretch out his hand of power through each and every one of you to get some stuff done. What? To heal and to move into signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. Verse 31. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them. (laughs) Come on. Can you imagine? A whole lot of shaking going on. Causing the building that they're in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know that when you get filled, you get equipped. And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Nothing holding them back. Nothing missing. Nothing wanted. Woo! So verse 32. All of the uh, the believers were in one mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community. Come on. Selfishness was not part of their community, for they shared everything that they had with one another. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great measures of grace rested upon them all. Not just a measure, but great measures of grace. Man, what would you, what are you going to do with your great measure? What are you doing with it? Come on. Absolutely, anything you wanted to do. Anything he's called you to do. Great measures of grace. Some who owned houses or, or land sold them and brought the proceeds from uh, before the, uh, the apostles to distribute, to, to distribute to those without. Not a single person among them was needy. Wow. Wow. Let's jump over to Acts chapter 6, verse 2, please. We're staying in the Passion Translation. Verse 2, the 12 apostles called the meeting for all the believers and told them, it's not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. But we want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men and make sure that they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Three things. That's all that's needed. Be honorable. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Be wise. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, wisdom comes. Right? And it says, we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. See, when you start to serve in your church, it's very crucial 
What you're called to do is very crucial because God has called you to do what he's called you to do. Nobody else can do it. Somebody else might be able to mock what you do, but they're not going to have the heart that you have that he gave for you to do. Make sense? So they called it a crucial ministry of serving. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and preaching of the word. Mm. Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Still in the passion. Because of the persecution triggered by Stephen's death in Jerusalem, many of the believers were scattered. Some reached as far as the coast of Lebanon, the island of Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They were still only preaching, to the, word, uh, preaching the word to Jews. However, some of the believers from Cyprus and Cyrene uh, who had come to Antioch and Syria preached to the non-Jews living there, proclaiming the message of salvation uh, in the Lord Jesus. The mighty power of the Lord was with them as they ministered, and a large number of people believed, turned their hearts to the Lord. But who looked after the people? There's this large number of people who believed, turned their hearts to the Lord, which is good. But what are you going to do after your hearts are turned? Are you just going to leave them there with a turned heart? That's our job. Right? Serve, teach, deploy. <laughs> Verse 22, news of what was happening in Antioch reached uh, the church of Jerusalem. So the apostle sent Barnabas uh, to Antioch as their emissary. When he got there and he witnessed for himself God's marvelous grace, he was enthused and overjoyed. And he encouraged the believers to remain faithful. Faithful for what? Faithful to your calling. Faithful what he's called you to do. Faithful to your ministry. Amen. Remain faithful. Cling to the Lord with passionate hearts. 24, Barnabas was a good man. He was full of the spirit of holiness, and he exuded a life of faith. Because of his ministry, even more crowds of people were brought to the Lord. See, when you do what you're called to do with a ministry of excellence, people are going to be attracted to you. They're going to want to come alongside you and learn what you do so they can be deployed. Come on, we talk about blooming where you're planted. Well, I didn't start here. Here. I ended up here. But when I started with the church, there was, uh, um, I was at the, I was, <laughs> whatever, whatever you need. And I hung around this church so much they had to hire me. Because I was doing everything. Uh, you know, like, because I just wanted to, whatever I could, I did. Um, Back then, was had a typewriter for bulletins. Two fingers. Did it. And I did all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, Larry, back at that time, he was uh, uh, the youth pastor of Josiah Youth Commission. And I said, Larry, and I told him over and over, didn't I? I said, Larry, I don't want your job. I didn't. I didn't want it. I, but I said, I'm going to help you any way I can. What do you need? And because I, did, I wasn't out for it. No, I didn't want that. I wasn't out for that. But I wanted to do something for God. And, so as I, and then I started to do that. Then Larry got called out west. And at that time, I had a place. Um, I had this little spot in Burnside that uh, was a big parking lot. And nobody was around. And I can go there and pray. 
So I went there, and when I found out that Larry was going, Larry and Dana were going out west, and it's like, Lord, <laughs> one of them whining prayers, Lord, Larry and Dana are going away. So what's going to happen with the youth group? Because I told them I didn't want it. And I still don't want it. So what are we going to do with Larry? What are we going to do with Larry? What are we going to do with Larry? What are you going to do with Larry? I don't want to hear it. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't looking for an answer. <laughs> what am I going to do with Larry? And then I heard this little quiet voice. You do it. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I'm just coming back. I said, you want me? Yeah, you. And he wants every one of you. Hmm. Wow. Because of his ministry, even more crowds of people were brought to the Lord. When you do your ministry with excellence, people are going to look and say, oh, man, I like what you're doing and I want to join your team. I watched back there with paid. And there's new people coming back there, working back there all the time. What's going on? They, they see what's going on with Dale. And because of her ministry of excellence, people are coming alongside her and saying, hey, you know what? I want to join your team. I like you. I like what you do. I want to join your team. And you see that all over the place here. It is so, so cool. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting or the building up of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or growing up of the body of Christ. Team, till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no, henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine and sleight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. But here's what I want to get to, verse 16. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part making increase of the body unto the edifying or building up of itself. The body will be built up of itself in love. So I looked up that word supply in the Strong's, it's epichorygia, epichorygia, where, where you get choreographed. And also it means contribution, right? And a choreograph, of course, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a sequence of dance steps, often to music, to plan out, to oversee the movement, development, and, or the details of. And effectual, talk about the effectual working, is the full power to receive, to receive, to achieve results. The full power to achieve results. Teamwork makes the dream work. And effectual working, that word working is energia, which is energy, used of the power of God in the resurrection of Christ. In other words, they're talking about resurrection power. And, 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 and so when you put it all together, my translation. So when we all contribute together, our steps are not only ordered, but there will be a rhythmic flow to what we do. 
when everyone does their full part, resurrection power is made available. Lives will change. Our lives will change. And their lives will change. Amen. That's what we do. So we need all hands in deck, on deck in order to see our, our church grow. And it is. And, and we're going to see it grow into what the Lord has, wants it to be. God has increased in his mind. And because as he is, so are we. And, and we should also have increase on our mind. We should be expecting to increase in all that we put our hands to. Absolutely everything. Last verse. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 8. And this is the New American Standard. It says, the Lord will command the blessing upon you. When God says something, it happens. He said he's going to command the blessing upon you. In your barns, in all that you put your hand to. But you got to put your hand to it. You got to. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I hope you're encouraged. Okay, here's my last line. God is going to use what is in your hand. I got this. Listen to this. Whatever is in your hand, God will use that to slingshot towards your destiny. For David, the lion, the bear, Goliath, and king. What's in your hand? We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.